Good morning, evening, or afternoon, and welcome to Sip, Smoke, and Savor. Once again, this is the program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and handmade cigars. My name is Cruz. My co-host is Ian Barry, who is looking very spiffy and islandish today. I don't know uh, if you noticed, but the buttons on my shirt actually are little tiki items. Oh, see, you are so much cooler than I am, man. <laughs> you've got it. You've got it going on. I do. I do radiate cool. We, you do. Yeah, I can. I can feel it across the room from where you are right now. Yep. Well, welcome to Sip, Smoke, and Savor. We are here for episode number twelve. And and we're so glad that you have uh, joined us. We have a lot going on. We have uh, Gary Clark, who is here from uh, Clark Liquor Beverage. He is going to be coming in with us in the second segment to talk about whiskeys and do some tastings of whiskeys. And in this lead-up to Whiskeys of the World, this Art of Whiskey celebration that's going on in downtown Houston. I am Houston. so excited about this. Well, this lead-up is terrific because we're yeah. getting to sample some amazing whiskey. Yeah, so, and that's what everybody's that. going to be able to do at this event. And I realize that... You know, we've been talking about it, but I, I was talking with Doug Harris, who is the guy that connected us to this event, and he was just telling me all this stuff about it, and I'm like, oh my God. He's so excited he's, about it. Well, he is, and so I asked him to come on, and Doug, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Uh, tell everybody what you were telling me, because I was getting stoked about this uh, Whiskeys of the World event, which is October 1st, Hyatt Regency, downtown Houston, and go. Tell me what you were saying, because it was awesome. So imagine a 16,000-square-foot ballroom mm-hmm. filled with your favorite whiskeys and scotches and bourbons that you love, and a bunch of them that you don't know about but need to know about. Mm-hmm. Okay, I imagine and, I'm swimming in it. Sorry. <laughs> That's a different dream. Oh, sorry. sorry. Christy Brinkley in that dream, too? Okay. (laughs) So all these wonderful vendors, and I'm talking about the people that have come from across the pond, Mm -hmm. who some of them, their name is involved in the brands, okay? They're there to talk to the people who um, sell these fine whiskeys, the people that serve them to you in restaurants, and to the people that love them and need to know to ask for them. Mm -hmm. Now, because they're there for the industry, they're actually having this uh, event actually in the afternoon instead of at night when most people either have to work. Most people in that industry either have to sure, work. Sure, if you're tending bar, you're right, working that night. Right, you, you got to work. Yeah. So this this is going from uh, 4 o'clock to 7 o'clock in the, in the afternoon so that people can get to work afterwards if they need to. Or if you get the VIP package, I believe it starts an hour earlier and you get some extra perks, right? Get in at 3 o'clock, you'll awesome. get exposure to some different whiskeys and the master classes, these amazing uh, taste and, uh, and crafting ambassadors that will be there. It's just, it, whatever you want to know, you can find it in that room. Whatever you'd like to taste, you, you can, can find it. You can ask questions and they'll be able to fill you in and you can understand things maybe that you haven't because there's so much that I don't know right. about scotch and about whiskeys and about bourbons. And there's so much that I would like to learn, but obviously you want to learn it from somebody that knows, not your uncle who thinks he knows. You know right. what I mean? Well, as, as reliable as Wikipedia is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's food. Okay, so let's... Yeah. So B&B Butchers and Restaurants, amazing property over there off of Washington, has been assigned a specific whiskey, and they're going to pair it with uh, some appetizers and things, some stuff you can, you know, you can eat with your hand. And then the same thing will happen with Pappas Brothers Steakhouse downtown. So you've got great chow, so to Mm -hmm, speak, mm -hmm. great spirits, and then you've got a lavish buffet that the the Hyatt's uh, laying out. So yes, you can sip, and yes, you can smoke, and yes, you can savor. And uh, there's a, I think you guys have a special ticket price you your your yeah. listeners can save 20 percent uh, if they go through the eventbrite uh, yeah if you put sss as your coupon code there in mm-hmm. the eventbrite uh thing you will get 20 percent off your ticket price and i believe that's going to work for the vip that's 160 or the 
um, the standard 140, and that's pretty substantial when you're talking about yeah, that no price. You know? So, uh, so this is at whiskeysoftheworld.com, right? That's where to go. Whiskeysoftheworld.com slash Houston will get you precisely. But there's yep. another one in Austin a week earlier, and there's mm-hmm. one in Atlanta, San Jose. This is this is a big outfit. They're worldwide. They are the finest of their kind on the planet. So you can go to whiskeysoftheworld.com, find the city that you're in or are going to be in mm-hmm. uh, for the appropriate time, and then check out all of the stuff that is happening. October now, 1st is Houston, but these are going to be all over the place, correct? Can we start drinking now? Yes, Did, we can. You mentioned this was at the Hyatt, right? <laughs> yeah. Is the Hyatt going to uh, have any um, price breaks on their rooms or anything like that? Indeed. Just tell them you're there for the Whiskeys of the World event. They have a special room, right? It's in the low 100s, 125, 129, something like that. Fantastic. So should you decide to make there, an I'm afternoon like or evening of it in Houston, Texas, yep. and enjoy the downtown temptations and attractions, you can start with a snoot full of, of great whiskey and, and food, and then... And you Plenary. did mention there's a cigar element to it as well, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. There are cigar master classes, and that's actually at the Hyatt Pool, so you've got an opportunity to... It, it's just a magical place. I'm it's just, my swim trunks. It's a magical place. You had me place. at whiskey. That's uh, the thing. But, you, you know, there, there's yeah. just so much to say. And that's why I wanted Doug to come on, because there's just so much going on with this, and it's easy to go, yeah, it's a great whiskey event, but it's it's a lot more than that. Now so. I have to hang out at the pool in my Speedos. Yes, and we're Ooh. all looking forward to that. Not <laughs> Let's coordinate our schedules on that. I'm going to yeah. be in another Speedos. part of the room. I'm going to do a on. whole segment of our show called Speedos and Cigars. <laughs> Well, I would love to say how much I'm looking forward to that, but uh, perhaps I won't. Um, so we're going to do some amazing testings. And, you know, ordinarily on the show, we have um, we have our uh, tasting guest come on in the second segment. But I'm going to ask Gary Clark, who's here, uh, to come on now, if for no other reason than just to pronounce... The name of the whiskey that we're tasting, because so, some of the some I know of the I'm going to screw can it up. Get, uh, can yes. get tricky in the pronunciation. Yeah. Uh, Gary, how are you? Good. Th- Good. Thanks for having me in. Um, the whiskey's pronounced Kilhoman. Kilhoman. Okay. Exactly how it's not spelled. <laughs> this is this is spelled by the way K I L C H O M A N, which sounds like a an Irish superhero. Yeah, Kilhoman. I can drink anyone under the table. I am Kilhoman. Okay, apparently the C just disappears right out of that. Yeah. Kilhoman. Kilhoman is how yes, you that, pronounce it. That, so. That's Scottish Gaelic for you. They they put letters in there that's not needed. Yep, that's exactly right. And it's it's good that they do because, well, th- there's a lot of things that's good that the Scottish do. But well, uh, It gives me something to do. They're yeah. good at whiskey. <laughs> they're good at I'm whiskey. I'm a fan. Now, you brought a couple of different things. You want to let us know what they are that we're going to be tasting in our upcoming segments? Sure. I brought in the uh, Kilhoman Machir Bay okay. and the Kilhoman Seneg. Okay. Kilhoman names all of their whiskeys for... Uh, uh, natural features on the island okay so Machir bay is a big natural bay just down from the distillery and mm-hmm. seneg is another smaller inlet when you say the island you're not talking galveston is that correct i am not okay <laughs> this <laughs> would I wanted be, to make sure spe- speaking of how not to pronounce things this yeah. would be the island of isla which of is isla. i-s-l-a-y right so you don't pronounce all those letters either <laughs> okay and after you know after you know just enough of the kilhoman I'll probably get the pronunciation just about right. So right, probably, right. You know, it'll it'll steer me in that direction. <laughs> yeah. I feel it calling. So we'll be tasting these, letting you know what we find. And uh, are these whiskeys going to be 
um, available for tasting at Whiskeys of the World? Or do you a- absolutely. See? Okay, cool. So this tells you, if we describe something that sounds like you like, then you can taste this for yourself at this event on October 1st. So we're really excited to have been invited to be a part of this. And we will be recording... Uh, a show live that day, so yes. uh, so we're looking forward to that as well, and it'll be interesting uh, to see. In, <laughs> I mean, we usually do quite a bit of drinking on this show, but it'll be interesting to see by the end of that one when how we're, we're doing. <laughs> right? When we're committed to four hours <laughs> plus of <laughs> that's right of tasting whiskey, of whiskey time. So uh, <laughs> it is most definitely something to look forward to. So uh, in the first segment, I always like to ask uh, Ian, did you smoke anything interesting this uh, week? You know, I went to an old standby uh, this week. The CAO MX2. Oh, that's a good cigar. Yeah, it's a yeah. good cigar. And that's, you know, uh, years ago when I just was getting into some of the different uh, boutique brands of cigars and things like that. That's one I came across that I really, really connected mm-hmm. with. Like, that cigar is so good. It's and this a, is the one that's double Maduro, right? Is, is yeah, that right? Yeah, it's, it's the it's double. A, it's yeah, it's, it's a Maduro. Double, it's a broadleaf, uh, a broadleaf uh, the Pennsylvania broadleaf, and uh, then the binder is broad, uh, is, is right, Maduro and too, it's right? so chocolatey and so mm-hmm. like chocolate and coffee. Like that cigar is all chocolate and coffee. And uh, I, I smoke them down to like they're almost burning my fingers mm-hmm. uh, because they're so delicious and it's fun and interesting because the first two thirds of that cigar taste almost exactly the same. Like it doesn't develop much different, but it's delicious to begin with. And then the last third of that cigar, and I was reminded because I hadn't smoked one in a while, the last third of that cigar really pick up, picks up some kind of earthy notes mm-hmm. and even a little bit of peppery to it. Just just the tiniest kiss of that, but it's all the way through just coffee and chocolate and such a great cigar. It goes great with porters. Uh, or like what I generally like to do is start my cigar and then go in and smell my scotches and mm-hmm. decide which one mm-hmm. just smells right with it. You I know? think we need to post a picture, in fact, of you smelling your scotches after you've had that first, you know, inch or so of the cigar so that you know which way you're headed. This, I'll remember to I would, do that. I would I'll love start. to, you know, have Tiffany take a picture of just you, like, sniffing the bottles, <laughs> right. you know, and, and, and getting ready to roll. I love CAO cigars. They're, uh, they're a brand I got into very early in my uh, time of, of learning about uh, smoking cigars, and they've never disappointed. And that cigar, you're Also you're so of right. note, the one I had was the Box Press, which is oh, interesting. so fun. I mean, the Box Press, I don't know why the box press is so much more fun to smoke but that particular one is awesome well i had the most unusual cigar that i've talked about on the show yet this week i was actually in the humidor at specs and saw this and i actually i bought it because i thought this will be fun to talk about i don't know how it'll taste it'll be fun to talk about (laughs) uh and it is the uh alec bradley this is two weeks in a row i've done alec bradley but it's the alec bradley black market filthy hooligan that's Which an is awesome a, name. Like, I would it, buy it, it just for the well, name. When I picked it up and looked at it, the reason I picked it up initially is because it's one of those barber pole that looks with cool, the spiraled right. colors. So it takes the Candela wrapper, which is the greenish wrapper, right. and then a sort of a standard uh, Connecticut wrapper, like a natural, and it right? wraps them around each other, and uh, it looks like a barber pole the way it the way it moves down. But then it had this big label on it, and it said Filthy Hooligan, uh, and I found out it was limited edition, and I thought... Okay, I'm going to smoke this. So when we come back, I'll tell you what I, I thought about the filthy I want to hear all about it. And we will also do a little bit of whiskey tasting of, wait, I have to look at it again to get it right. Kilhoman. Don't pronounce all those letters. <laughs> all I can think of when I look at it now is Kilchoman. Uh, we'll be back uh, in segment two. It's Sip, Smoke, and Savor on Radio Brave.
Welcome back to Sip, Smoke, and Savor. We're so glad you are listening. I had someone ask me who was listening to the show why we take the breaks because there aren't like commercials inserted, you know, into the show. So he's like, "Why do you guys take the break?" I go, "It's really simple. We're drinking for the whole show. We got to pee." You know, so <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Exactly what it's about. So, uh, no, we just uh, divide these things up into segments. It makes it a little easier sometimes for us to uh, get guests to be okay with coming on. We go, "Oh, you just be on for a couple of segments." And uh, we've yet to have a guest who hasn't finished the whole show right. With right. Us, we so. come in the second uh, segment. <clears throat> segment most of the time, finish the entire show. And I just have a feeling that Gary Clark, who is here with uh, with the whiskey today, I have a feeling he's going to be the same way. So. No way, I'm out of here. So we are going to be uh, doing some whiskey tasting in a moment. We're also going to be doing some beer tasting today. We're going to be tasting uh, something I chanced across that I just had to buy. I haven't tasted it yet. Uh, It's Bach Slider, Texas Bach, from Martin House Brewing Company in Fort Worth. But Bach Slider is a... Toadies reference the rock band Toadies. That's right. Who are from the Dallas Fort Worth? I've area. actually been to that brewery. Have you really? I have. Well, they, Bo- I had Box, a great time there. Boxlider is a reference to Backslider, and I've got history with those guys in the band uh, the Toadies. So I'll talk about that. We'll taste their Bach. This has got their name and their logo on it, so it's kind of an interesting uh, team up there. Uh, the Toadies Boxlider. So we'll get to that, and also uh, elsewhere around Texas in the lovely little town of Shiner, the the brewers there have put together a Brewer's Pride Craft Brew Number no. 7, a Strawberry Blonde, which is available in the Bomber. And I saw that and I thought, you know, I haven't tried anything new from Shiner in quite a while. Let's go for it. So uh, I haven't tried either of these. We'll be tasting them. You know, Shiner had a series a few years ago where they numbered them and had yes. a bunch of great beers came yeah. out. You know, it's easy, I think, for people who are big into craft beer in Texas to get... Um, to, to, to kind of take Shiner for granted because they've been here for so long and they were such early pioneers of doing, you know, better beer. Yep. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I'll come back to it occasionally. You'll be at a party and you'll be like, what do they have? They have this. Oh, thank God they have Shiner Bach. Like, you know, where Shiner is a good beer. It's a good beer. It's it really a good is. beer. So, uh, so anyway, uh, kudos to those guys. And we'll taste that strawberry blonde and see how we like that uh, coming up. But I wanted to finish telling you about the uh, Alec Bradley Black Market Filthy Hooligan the barber pole style cigar. Uh, I've had the, a couple of these barber pole style cigars yeah. before and always found them very interesting, but uh, they almost struck me as more as a novelty. Honestly, I bought it because I thought, eh, this will give me something interesting to talk about on the show this week. So I got the cigar. Uh, I lit it up. I read a little bit about it. Filthy Hooligans, a yearly release. This came out around St. Patrick's Day. It's the first one they've done in the barber pole style. So they've done other Filthy Hooligans previous years, but they've been just uh, you know a normal rapper. So... Um, the first thing I noticed about this baby is it was surprisingly powerful. The other barber pole cigars that I've had, and I've only had a couple, but they've been fairly mild, not necessarily coming in packing lots of power. Well, anything or with a anything with a candela wrapper, by the way, that's the green wrapper. That's the that green. It's an unusual yeah. looking uh, cigar. But anything with a green uh, candela wrapper always has a little bit of a kind of grassy, almost kind a grassy of, note. Yep, kind yep. of flavor to it. And so I think they generally use that in a mild blend to accentuate that. I think that's right, and that was my total expectation 
passion for this cigar was for it to lean that way. And even from the very beginning, I could tell it was going to be more powerful than what I had been expecting. Now, it started with this grassy candela kind of flavor that you were talking about. But as I smoked, that started to give way to sort of creamy and peppery type of notes. And the overall body became stronger into like the first third of the cigar, started to pick up some power and stuff. By the time I was a third of the way in, I was hooked. I was getting coffee flavors, mixing with the the cream and pepper. And there were even some woody notes that kind of came and started replacing the grassy candela notes. And uh, I wound up smoking it uh, all the way down to the nub, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that sounds I interesting. I might have to try that. that. Now, you so, mentioned an Alec Bradley, I think, was it last week or the yes, week before? Yes, the Tempest, the... Uh, it was the Tempest uh, Quadrum. Right. Actually, I, mean, yeah. I bought a box of those. A box? Yeah. Oh. Well, it's a box of 10. It's a small box, but I bought a box of those. Who's your buddy? Who's your pal? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to work out some sort of a trade. I'm sure I have something in my humidor you'd Noted. be interested in. So, uh, by the way, this is about a $7 cigar. Price to quality, I'd put it about a seven and a half, maybe. maybe Fantastic. Even. Like, I, I will tell you this. It was better than I was expecting, so I always love that. When I've got, so it's like, okay, this is going to be about here and then it's like oh this is even better than i thought so. oh you reminded me i didn't give my uh mx2 a price to quality rating and i oh, have to tell right. you i think that's about a six to a six to eight dollar cigar I think, yeah depending, depending on what where, size you, what you, what buy, size yeah. you get and everything and i have to put that at you know probably an eight on the price mm-hmm. to quality. that's just way up there they're so good yeah you you're not you know easily handing out those higher numbers <laughs> i've noticed so uh, <laughs> even when something's really good you're like yeah i give it a six yeah, yeah. so so, uh, so that's good. Well, Gary uh, Clark, welcome mm-hmm. back to the program. We are so glad to have you here. And um, tell me again, the Isle of Isla, Isla, and how is it spelled? I S L A Y. And this is the island where the distillery exists. It is correctly. Is that right? Right. The, the this distillery is on the island of Isla. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the same island that would have Lafroy, Ardbeg, Lagavulin. Okay. Uh, right. Terrible neighbors. Terrible. Yeah. Neighbors. Ter- terrible neighbors. <laughs> That's a very the, sarcastic thing for me. This is the other side of the island. It's the western right. side of the island. Now this is a new distillery too. It by, is. By. Uh, by distillery yeah, standards. By, distillery by pretty standards much all standards, standards yeah. yeah. It, it, the distillery was built in 2005, so they only just reached 10 years old uh, around last Christmas. Uh, they have not released any 10-year-old whiskeys yet. Okay. I think the oldest one that I've seen from them is about eight years old. Is it fairly daunting, I would wonder, to open a new <laughs> whiskey distillery on an island where the names that you just gave us are? Yeah, right. You know? I would think so. It was the first distillery to open there in 124 years. Wow. But uh, And the, also, everything is done on premises, right? They can do everything on premises. Okay, okay. It, it's a farm distillery, and that was the whole idea behind it uh, from the get-go, was to go back to the roots of uh, Scottish distilling mm-hmm. as a farm distillery where you can grow your own barley, you do your own malting, you... you you know, do the distillation and everything on site. Do you age on site, everything. Yeah, right. right. Um, and they recently actually purchased the farm that surrounded them, so they own the entire facility now. Wow, wow. So when you say they can do everything, I, I think in in some cases, correct me if I'm wrong. In some cases, the distillers are like, we can do everything here, but we might get a better they, product if we do this one or two. Outsource. Am I right in that thinking? That's not necessarily their thinking here. It, it really has to do with scale. 
Okay. They can make a lot more whiskey than they are in a position to do everything for. Got it. And so they will buy some of their malted barley from Port Allen Maltings just because they and everyone else on Isla buy. You know, it's part of the, sure. the deal with, with Diageo is everybody buys malt from them. Right. And if they're cranking out a certain number of... Uh, of barrels every year that's they're, correct they're going to need to probably do more than they'd be able to source so does that mean that so. some of the in-house stuff that they do is saved for a more um uh, a more particular yeah more reserve yeah, uh, they have a bottling called 100 percent isla mm. and that bottling everything from barley to bottle is done at the distillery i want to do a, a scotch sidebar here isla spelled i-s-l-a-y Isla scotches are known for their peaty uh, smokiness. Absolutely, Lafroig uh, being one of the most mm-hmm. uh, one of the most well known names. Probably there. the one most people. Have this heard is of, yeah. not the Fisher Price, my first uh, scotch. <laughs> my first scotch, yeah. Because I mean, it is so peaty, and, and it takes people like you can smell it a mile away. Even it's so peaty, it'll take you by uh, surprise a lot of times. And sometimes maybe even just uh, uh, getting your scotch feet, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to learn to appreciate a little bit of scotch before you even get into some of those. Now, there are, are, are many more that are more uh, approachable at the beginning, mm-hmm. but that one's usually a pretty big one. Yeah, some people try to avoid that to start with. I am not one of those people. Right. When I first started <laughs> drinking scotch, I had decided that uh, I needed to learn to drink scotch because that's what people in business did. Head first. Right. And uh, so I, go. I read about it, and I said, ooh, Laphroaig, that says it's the biggest, fullest flavor. So I got me a bottle, that's and true. I poured a glass, and I took a drink, and I went, <laughs> and I decided well, that if I could learn to drink that, I could learn to drink gasoline. You are talking to a guy who keeps, by the way, not only their quarter <laughs> cask, but a couple of their reserves <laughs> on my... <laughs> <laughs> on my shelf at all times. I was like, go ahead. Well, well, I haven't tried gasoline lately, but I love Laphroaig. <laughs> <laughs> Which just goes to show you how the palate can develop, right? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so well, tell us more about this Kilhoman. Yeah. Well, it, like I said, it is a farm distillery. They do a, most of what they do, they do on site. Um, they, uh, as far as aging goes, you can see we, we can't show the people, but we can see here, looking at the colors, that one of them's kind of a straw yellow, and the other one's like an aged copper color. And they can take a look at facebook.com slash sip, smoke, and savor. We'll have uh, Yeah, we'll post some pictures. And... By the time you can hear this, that photo will be there. So. <laughs> and when these colors will come from the different type of casks that they use. Oh, okay. So gotcha. the, the Mockier Bay will be primarily bourbon barrels, so you're not you're, you're getting whiskey colors, right. whereas the uh, Seneg is going to be aged in sherry casks, so you're picking up some colors from wine. So it would be wrong to assume that just because uh, one whiskey versus the other one is darker, that it is necessarily more complex or has more aging. No. That's not correct. It has to do with what kind of uh, barrels it was aged in. Right. In in a perfect world, it has to do with what kind of barrels it's aged in, or casks it's aged in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In real life, with a lot of you know bigger brands, um, it has to do with the uh, color that's added, but not with Kilhoman. So which of these, when we come back, we're going to uh, taste our first of these. Which of these should we taste first? We'll taste the Mockier Bay first. Okay. That'll be when we return. We are the show that's all about uh, craft beer, fine spirits, hand-rolled cigars. We are Sip, Smoke, and Save. He's Ian Barry. I'm Cruz. Our guest, Gary Clark. We'll be right back. It's all right. There comes a time. Got no pain. 
Sip, smoke, and savor. Craft beer, fine spirits, and handmade cigars. My name is Cruz. Ian Barry uh, is my co-host. And Gary Clark is our special guest today. And we're going to do some uh, whiskey tasting here uh, to start off this segment. Before we do, I just want to mention, Ian, uh, we've been invited uh, to come to something really special. And it's kind of cool because, you know, we're only on, like, show number 12. We're already getting invitations. This is so. what I like to call a job mm-hmm. perk. Yes. And by the way, can be... I also be a special guest? I like the way it sounds. Oh, sure. Sure. You should be a special guest. <laughs> yeah, I like Like, it. co-host is I cool. Like can it. I be yeah. special co-host? Special guest co-host. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be kind of like, you know, uh, Jay Leno used to be on The Tonight Show. Back right. When Johnny Carson was right. there. Special guest co-host. <laughs> um, no, we've been invited out to uh, MS Mexican Grill in Houston. Um, and we've been invited by the people who uh, do Milagro Tequila. And they are sponsoring this unveiling of a mural by one of the most famous uh, street artists in Mexico. He's come and done this mural at the restaurant at Emma's. And so we're invited to come out and talk to those guys about Milagro Tequila and uh, take a look at it. And uh, you are going to be uh, you are going to be headed out there. It is. Um, I believe this is in Pearland, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you said Houston earlier, but I believe yes. it's in Pearland, actually. Yeah, it's uh, Pearland's Emma's, uh, and it is um, going to be – I I'm, I haven't seen it, but I'm assuming they've done a whole wall with this artist's uh, mural. So it's Unless they did exciting. the world's smallest mural. Well, yes. And then they, it's the size of a postage stamp. And then, then no, I doubt be, that. It wouldn't be that exciting. So <laughs> I have a feeling they went with the whole wall. If you so, could carry the mural so, around in your pocket, it wouldn't be a big opening. Anyway, I am unfortunately already committed for this uh, for the particular evening that this is. But if you can go out and uh, represent and drink some tequila and uh, come back with some interesting stuff to talk about, that'd be awesome. You so. can't stop me. All right, that, It's a tough job, but yeah. somebody has to do it. <laughs> We're looking forward to You mean it. I have to go drink tequila? Yeah, Aww. I know. Twist your arm. Right now you have to drink uh, some Kilhoman. This is uh, this is going to be very exciting. We're starting with the Machir Bay. And uh, tell us again the difference between these two scotches that you brought in. Well, they they both start out the same, but it has to do with the aging. Okay. So the Machir Bay is going to be aged primarily in bourbon barrels. Mm-hmm. And they do source most of their barrels from Buffalo Trace. Okay. Um, unlike, Which is also delicious. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, they don't think it's a big deal, but to Americans it is a big deal. <laughs> but uh, uh, most distilleries in Scotland, when they buy bourbon barrels, they actually have them knocked down and shipped to them like it's an Ikea flat pack. Right, and then they put them back together, And they put them correct? back together, yeah. but Kilhoman does not do that. They have mm. the barrels shipped in whole because they don't have cooperage on site. That's mm. the one thing they do not do there. It seems like that might I – don't, I don't know. It seems like maybe – Tearing the barrels down and then putting them back together would you, it seems like you might lose some of the. Uh, oh, I don't, I, I don't know that you lose anything, but except for the skill of cooperage. I love that mm-hmm. you said that. That's so old world awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, usually when they when they get them over there, when they put them back together, they don't put them back together as barrels. They put them back together as what's called a hogshead. So instead of being two hundred liters, it's two hundred and fifty liters. Okay. So they add a few extra staves in and make it a bigger sized cask. Oh, okay. So that's just in order to be able to do more at a time? Right. It, it's the, it also makes the aging process a touch slower. Okay. Uh, the smaller the barrel, the more wood contact. And so, therefore, the more wood contact, the, the faster it ages. So the way that Kielhoman does it then, but by not taking mm-hmm. the barrels apart, this is almost more of a craft of a craft, uh, so to speak, right? Interesting. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the, their whole process is designed to make the whiskey taste good 
at a younger age. Mm-hmm. American whiskeys are generally, you know, four to six, seven years old, mm-hmm. whereas if you look at Scotch, you'll see they're 10, 12, 15, 18 years old. Which can be a detriment when you're only 10 years old as a brewery. Exactly. Or as right. a distillery. As a distillery. Yeah. Distillery. Right. Yes, yes. So what they've done is, uh, not to get too technical, but they take a basically a shorter cut in the distillation, and it gives them the, the, the spirit that comes off tends to age better in short periods of time so faster maturation therefore you can turn around a good quality product exactly i mean the first kill home i tried was about four years old and i was blown away so how old is this that we'll be tasting today what we're tasting today is going to be kind of a mixture of three to five years old three to five okay so again for a scotch whiskey that's a very that's young, that's pretty young. young. yes uh, three years is the minimum age on a scotch whiskey well we have a tradition here on the show that i'm hoping you will uh humorous and and continue with and that is that we really enjoy the sound the actual microphone sound right. of the <laughs> bottles being open now some bottles don't make that much noise but uh if it does if there's any sound we'd love to just let's isolate I, that as i would we... offer a drum roll beforehand but i think our engineer hid my little toy <laughs> your little toy oh look uh-oh, at the little red uh-oh. box oh look, look i talk hold on so uh, here we go and thanks t- Yeah. That's a lovely sound, isn't it? That is just a lovely sound. That was amazing. Oh man, uh, you know, what's, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have you on the show just to do that. You know, what's really great about uh, listening to the show as a podcast is that you'll be able to go back and replay the, that part of the show as many times as you want. So. Uh, I know that I will. Uh, I'll go back and listen to it just for that. So. Yes. So this is the Kilholman uh, Machier Bay. This is three to five years old. And tell me again, this is uh, this is aged in the this this is aged primarily in bourbon barrels. Primarily in bourbon barrels. Okay. And then it will be barrels mm. primarily from Buffalo Trace. I mean, they do get some barrels that come in from uh, Heaven Hill or. Uh, Four Roses, or, or I've even when I was there a few months ago, I saw a few that said Jim Bean, but they were actually ten-year-old uh, barrels. Right, right. So they they were barrels from from back in the day. Now, Ian, you're right. This is very peaty. On very the nose. peaty on the nose. Mm-hmm. It's like I smell peat and something almost sweet on the tail end of it. Maybe mm-hmm. like a like a vanilla, maybe or a, mm-hmm. like a, the, a butterscotch-ish or something. Yeah, the yeah, you definitely got the vanilla. You get a little bit of sweetness from the smoke from it also. Yes. Yeah, the there is a smoke. smoky there is definitely a smokiness to it. Yeah. Now, when they do the peating at the distillery, they peat to 20 parts per million phenols, which is very high for anybody else, but for Isla, it's actually on the low side. Okay. Um, the, the malt they buy in from Port Ellen, they buy in at 50 parts per million phenols, which is exceptionally smoky. It's the same malt that would be purchased by Ardbeg for their whiskeys. I want to point out at the first sip of this, first off, there's a buttery flavor to this. And I said it's, butterscotch a minute ago, but I think it's buttery more than butterscotch. Um, that rolls across the tongue, and what's really interesting is you always get a little bit of heat um, from from a liquor, you mm-hmm. know. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is at the first swallow, the heat goes away, and then it comes and then back, it comes yes. right yeah. back. And it's like, oh, but it's a really warm, glowing kind of heat, not like a burn. Isn't it yeah. interesting how though different, uh, even just different Scotch whiskeys, uh, m- much less other spirits, um, how the burn. Ha- the heat happens at a different place right. in the tasting. You know, that's, so, well, that's part of the craft yeah. process. It's yeah. amazing right. how how a distiller, a master distiller, can 
can control those things or create those things. And, well, then and be, some of that can, can be where they take their cuts, where mm-hmm. you know they cut off the heads and the tails in this distillation. And, and some of where you get that little bit of a bite has to do with how much of the heads and tails they leave in or how much they cut out. The yeah. aftertaste on this leaves a little bit of mineral water kind of flavor. To I know what you're it. talking about. fantastic. Yeah. Did Bobby really get some of this? Okay, good. Let me make sure. <laughs> um, what I would think would be incredibly challenging, and here's where the – you know, you talk about creating these flavors is the art, but the science uh, of this is then creating them consistently. In other words, once you get it and you go, okay, this is the flavor we want for this particular uh, scotch, then how do, how do you get back to and that? And recreate it. Because imagine, like, think of it like cooking. If you mm-hmm. make something once mm-hmm. and you just kind of threw in stuff. And then trying to recreate that just in your kitchen. But let's imagine mm-hmm. you're doing that times thousands and trying to right. make it the same every time. That's well, crazy. What, what, what you what you don't see behind the curtain is that these guys keep meticulous records of everything they've done. Every, every variable. Every variable. Mm-hmm. And so they know exactly what time of day it was they took the cut and what the alcohol percentage coming off when they took the cut and they know I do everything. understand that there's a professionalism to it but mm-hmm. in my mind the better the scotch is it's, the worse the records get <laughs> it, I, I would describe it as a combination of artistry and chemistry right. well you know I used to think uh, you know when I was younger and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life I used to think I would love to be a brewmaster or a master distiller these days, I don't think I want that anymore. What I want is to be best friends with yes. a brewmaster or a master distiller. I want them to like have the worry about how to get it right and the meticulous notes. I just want to come over and go, hey, how's it coming? You What's know? new? What's new? <laughs> really? I'll, I'll be that friend, you know? <laughs> well, because Kilhoman is such a small place, they are actually taking handwritten notes. Wow. Whereas you get some of the bigger ones like Lagavulin. Everything's computerized, and yeah. so it's a push of a button, and it knows what everything is. Right, right. Is Kilhoman available all across the U.S.? Is it yes. a limited distribution of any kind? It, it's limited in that it's a small distillery, and so we get limited amounts in. Mm-hmm. The the Mockier Bay and the Seneg, the two that I've got here today, both are fairly uh, available. What's the price range on, on this Mockier Bay that we're having? Uh, probably $50, $60. This is a pretty high quality versus price it's really good yeah, yes. very good yeah. it well, really and, is and good the thing that scares people off is the fact that it is younger whiskey and you start looking at that price on a young whiskey and everybody gets uh, i would eyeball that a little bit myself you know they, pe- people are skeptical about it but once you've tasted it the yeah skepticism I, I would disappears. highly recommend this this is fantastic all right so when we come back we're going to taste the other whiskey plus we haven't done any beer tasting yet we always ask our guests uh who bring a spirit if they will taste the beer with us sure, and we not? ask our guests who bring a beer if they'll taste the spirit with us so uh if you're willing we'd love to get your take on some box slider uh that will be coming up with sip smoke and savor continues we're on radio brave Welcome back, my friends. Sip, Smoke, and Savor, the program that's about craft beer, craft spirits, and fine cigars. My name is Cruz. Ian Barry is my special guest co-host of the month. I love that. Whatever. That sounds awesome. Yeah, you like that? All right. We'll, we'll stay with that then. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Gary Clark is our special guest. Gary, you were telling us during the break, and we really wanted to come back and have you uh, talk about this on the show, about 
one of the reasons we were talking about this um, this uh, scotch, the Kilhoman that we are tasting, that it is very um, peaty in the in especially in the upfront when you first smell it when you yeah, take yeah, that first that first sip. Uh, you were explaining that part of part of why that is, and it's not unpleasant at all. In fact, I really like it. Uh, but part of why that is has to do with the actual age of the whiskey. Is that right? Right. And it, it, it's the age of the whiskey and the fact that it was aged in bourbon barrels. Okay. So the the longer you age any any of these whiskeys, the more influence the wood that the cask is made out of is going to have on the whiskey. So the bourbon would begin to take a more dominant uh, well, impact it, maybe than, than it, the peat? It's not so much the bourbon. It's, it's the vanillas from the wood right. and, 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 and that sort of thing will start to cover the smoke just a bit. Hmm. And by, by having this as a younger age and uh, fresh bourbon barrels, you're not really covering any of that smoke. Everything is, is it, it, it's not just that it's peat smoke. It's a really fresh peat smoke. So in the earliest days of distilling, where did the, how did they find the different barrels and casks to actually age the whiskey in? I mean, it wasn't like they were well, just... They could just get American whiskey uh, barrels and have them shipped over. Well, originally, you know, Scottish people are kind of known for being, let's let's say, frugal. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they don't use new barrels. They always use reused barrels. Mm-hmm. And prior to, I don't know, the last 30 or 40 years, there weren't that many bourbon barrels that were shipped over there. Right. And the laws were different, and there was a lot of sherry barrels because people are sherry casks, mm-hmm. and people drank more sherry then. Uh, now almost nobody drinks sherry, and so getting a sherry cask can cost you $3,000, and a bourbon barrel can cost you $200. I have to tell you, <laughs> I haven't had anything that was aged in a sherry cask that I don't like. Okay. Just FYI. Yeah. Including beers, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, Interesting. That, that was the standard in Scotland mm-hmm. up until 40 or 50 years ago. And then the uh, U.S. Congress said that bourbon had to be aged in new barrels. So you can't reuse a bourbon barrel to age more bourbon. Mm. And so at that point, now the bourbon makers have barrels coming out the yin-yang. And what do you do with them? And the guys in Scotland said, hey, we'll take those off of you. Interesting. So normally I'm really against the government meddling and things like this. <laughs> but in this particular case, it wound up having a good result. Didn't exactly. Good result yeah. on that one, yes. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to go to this uh, to the other Scots that you brought. But first, we'd like to ask you to taste one of our beers sure. with us. And we normally taste a couple of different beers on the show. Ian, if you would do the uh, honors, please. Oh, yeah. Nice. Now, uh, what we are tasting first is from, uh, it's brewed and canned, it says, by Martin House Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, Ian, you said you've been to this brewery, is that right? Yes, actually. uh, My wife has a cousin who lives up in that area, and we decided we were going to go around. She found the brewery, and we went there, and we had a wonderful time at the brewery. And, oh, sorry, um, we're we're all trying to be we're, we're be passing, cool and share the beer. So. We're passing beers around here. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we went to the brewery and uh, the box slider is fantastic. It's got the definitely the toadies reference, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they also had one called a three a.m. breakfast. Uh, 
it wasn't a stout. It was a breakfast something. Anyway, it's fantastic. Beer. Really, it comes okay. in a giant, uh, giant can. And, and, yeah. Well, I don't know that much about the brewery, but I will say I go back a ways with uh, the Toadies. When I was uh, at the uh, rock and roll radio station in uh, Houston, we had the Toadies play several shows for us. They were always a lot of fun. And I was visiting a friend in Asbury Park, New Jersey, when uh, one day a few years ago. And we're on the way over to the apartment where they lived and happened to drive past the Stone Pony, the actual <laughs> nightclub in Asbury Park, New Jersey, that that is essentially famous for being sort of the spawning ground for Bruce Springsteen in the Eastern right, right. Uh-huh. So um, we're driving past that, and I look up at the sign, and it says, Tonight, Toadies. And I'm like, well, that's it. Yeah, now I'm going we know to see the freaking Toadies at uh, the Stone Pony because I'd never been to the Stone Pony. So went to the Stone Pony. They had a nice crowd, but they're way out of their element because they're a Texas band. So they're you know I mean they've got fans everywhere and stuff. But anyway, interestingly enough, during the show when it got quiet between a couple of songs, I did something I almost never do. I yelled out from the crowd, "Backslider!" And Todd, the uh, singer for the Toadies, goes, ah, like like we're in New Jersey and somebody knows Backslider. <laughs> knows backslider. So fast forward to me being in uh, Specs this week and seeing Boxslider for the first time and right. thinking, okay, too much to talk about. This will be too much fun. Let's try it. So you actually had this beer before. I actually have had this beer, and I think this beer is a great example of a Bach. Mm. It's it's just a it good, is delicious, big, round it? flavor. Mm-hmm. Um it it doesn't do anything in the amazing way, but it does exactly what it does, and it does it well. Gary, um, uh, Gary, you're uh, I don't know how much of a beer guy you uh, even are, but how does this how does this impact you, the box slider? Well, I'm not much of a beer guy. I'm more of a whiskey guy, but mm-hmm. uh, it's not quite nice. I like it. Yeah, it's got. I like what you said. Ian, full uh, a very round sort of flavor. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. a good balance. It's a great example of a Bach, I think, and uh, it's a very drinkable beer. I think it'd be a very sessionable beer. Uh, I don't know what the ABV on it is, but it doesn't taste like it's particularly high. Um, uh, Five point six. Okay, so it's in a, in a medium range. Mm-hmm. It's 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 good. And also, by the way, backs up that uh, Mockier Bay uh, Kilhoman pretty well. Too. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> They're actually yeah. not a bad pairing at all. <laughs> That's a happy coincidence, that. right? I was just thinking that. You know, this happened to us before when we've had guests on. Yes, and, uh, yes. And, and done some really nice uh, inadvertent pairings. No, uh, I'm sure you planned it all. Yeah, <laughs> of course we did. <laughs> I masterminded everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this is quite good. I, uh, I I like this, and we'll be back for more of this. This is uh, this is quite good. I'd recommend it. I uh, I had a great time at the brewery. They also had these uh, great uh, glasses. You know, you go to a brewery, you got to get the glass. But these weren't your standard pint glasses. These mm-hmm. were kind of roughly like oversized can shaped glasses. Oh, really? Yeah, and they hold they hold more than. 16 ounce or 12 ounces i think they hold 16 ounces so i have those at the house the martin house logo on mm. it's pretty good they also have a um and i believe it's the tall texan ipa that's really good Long, uh, that one's got a little higher abv you have to be a little careful <laughs> as me and uh, a friend of mine outside the fort worth area found, found out. out okay yeah. got it <laughs> well i think we have uh, just enough time in this segment to uh taste the next whiskey all right and uh this is also a Kilhoman. Now, we started with the Machier Bay, and that one is aged in the bourbon barrels. Right. This one is basically the same uh, age as the Machier Bay. Is that, yes. is that accurate? Yeah. Uh, but this is this is aged this in... This is aged in sherry casks. In sherry casks. So okay. The, Here you go, Ian. Okay, the opening, of the, the opening of the bottle. 
Oh, this one's not making any noise. There oh, we go. Ah, that see, was awesome. There was a great payoff at the end. <laughs> see, that was good. That was good. So, so before we actually taste this, how should we expect this, Gary, to be different? Well, you're going to find some more sweetness to it mm-hmm. uh, just because of the sherry aging. Okay. And um, uh, now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> sweetness, sherry <laughs> aged. This is what happens to I, me I did mention that almost it. anything I've ever had that came out of a sherry cask, including mm-hmm. sherry, is delicious, by yes. the way. Yeah. This is, now uh, the, it, you, you'll get the, the, the sweetness from the sherry, but it'll also kind of soften the peat a little bit. Okay. All right. That yeah, this sense. has a very distinctly different nose to right. it. Oh, you're right. Not nearly as much peat on the yeah, nose as right. you had on the Mockingbird. You can bay. still detect some, but right. yes, it's not nearly as full in the nose, and uh, and and I'm even getting a little bit of that sherry on the uh, on the nose when you first kind of breathe it in. That's that's really smells great. Okay, you know I liked your last whiskey. Mm-hmm. This one is amazing. <laughs> This one is really good. So you're you're really in in the uh, in the house on this one. Yes, yeah. I like this it, one a lot. If you like the sherry aging, this is done exceptionally well. Yeah, and I don't. There's not a lot that I know of that are uh, uh, very peaty and sherry cask at the same time. A lot of times mm-hmm. they use the sherry cask with the with the more Highland or uh, different areas. But usually, what you get when you, when you do sherry casks is you'll get a lot longer aging is the standard for that just because they're such larger casks mm-hmm. and it takes longer to really get the full flavor from them well we, we just, did that we did that glen morangi a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago i believe the uh mm-hmm. Santa, which is a sherry mm-hmm. cask and that's that's a standby for me i would put this on my shelf right next to it this is this is quite good um well, thank you so. if this is uh aged less in other words if this is a younger whiskey mm-hmm. um is that part of the reason that maybe we are still getting some of the peat, like what you described in in the last. Uh, in right, the last you're still going to taste some of the peat because it is younger age, but peat tends to stay around no matter what. Okay. So, so even if this was getting into the the 13, 14, 15 years old, you're still going to taste the peat. So, so peat is the last guy at the party. Absolutely. So, how will uh, a whiskey like this change as it ages? What what should we expect from the same? batch of whiskey when it is a 21 year now we're asking you to project <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but no, I'm, I'm well generalities and and, right. and again i don't i don't mean to ask too no, no, just, weird of a question but, but but what would you expect it to do based on what you know i would expect a lot of additional wood flavors to come from it mm-hmm. normally the longer it is in the in the cask the more it's going to interact with the the wood uh you know the summer, it's a little warmer than it is in the winter time, and this causes the liquids to expand and contract, and it goes into the wood and out of the wood. And so the more seasons that it's done that, the more the wood is going to affect. And you're going to get more of the vanillas and right. those kinds of flavors, I right? also notice that I don't get a lot of that oaky uh, kind of astringency on this that I'm used to with a lot of uh, On the Seneg? Right. Right. That, well, it's, you're, you're doing European oak that's already held sherry. So a lot of that, you know, the European oak is a tighter grain than the American oak. Mm-hmm. Well, and so you're not going to get quite as much in and out. The Seneg, I, I think, is exceptionally smooth. It's still got it's quite nice. some very nice warmth to it, but it's exceptionally smooth. So, uh, so man. And it's got that nice warm color. Oh, terrific, <laughs> terrific. I, I just absolutely love it. All right. It's Sip, Smoke, and Savor. We have one more segment. When we return, I want to uh, mention again what uh, Ian's headed out to this Milagro event in Pearland, Texas. Excited about and, that. And uh, we also want to taste this Strawberry Blonde, the uh, 
Brewer's Choice from Shiner. So that'll be when we come back. It's Sip, Smoke, and Savor. You're listening to Sip, Smoke, and Savor, craft beer, craft spirits, and fine cigars. We are glad you are listening to the show. We appreciate you listening to the show. We're spending a lot of time on whiskeys this month. We're having a lot of whiskey-related guests uh, because of some of the people that have been made available to the show as we get ready to be a part of this Art of Whiskey, the Whiskeys of the World Whiskeys of the uh, Houston World. I'm event. I'm so excited about that. <clears throat> and these are actually, you know, we talk a lot about Houston because where we're based, but there's one of these in Austin as well, and there's several going Going on around uh, the country, uh, Glenn or uh, uh, Gary, I'm, you're going to be at the one uh, in Austin, yeah, right? You're yeah, going to be I'm at Austin, be, right? I, I do both of the ones here in Texas. So the one in Austin is uh, two days before, so it's the 29th of September. 29th of September, and it's an evening tasting. Not, I think it's five to ten. Something like that, and then this one that's in Houston uh, is on October first. It's a Saturday, Saturday afternoon. So it's a it's a late afternoon type of thing. Yeah, and it's four to seven is is what they're uh, thing. Unless you get the VIP, and then it's three to seven. Now we want to remind you to go to whiskeysoftheworld.com slash Houston, mm-hmm. and we have been able to arrange a sip, smoke, and savor discount if you buy your tickets uh, there. Just use the code. SSS. SSS, 20% off. 20% off. Yeah, it's not a bad deal. that's a huge amount when you're talking about the ticket price. Yeah, it really is. So it's worth doing. And this is so worth being at. If you're into whiskey at all, or if you even think you just like... You just kind of like it a little bit, and you just want to learn more mm-hmm. and understand why people are so into it. This is the perfect kind of event for that, you yeah. know? Right. I mean, it's a fantastic event. I've done it for the last three or four years. I've actually been to every one of them this year because I was in San Jose and San Francisco for both of oh, those. Oh, how fun. Kind of yeah. coincidentally. So the only one that I'm not scheduled to do this year is in Atlanta on October 22nd. So if you got any listeners in Atlanta, they can go to that one. October 22nd in Atlanta. Good to know. Um, well, we appreciate you uh, bringing these uh, these amazing whiskeys in. This has been uh, terrific to taste these. And we do have one more beer to taste. And it is... I just love that sound. That had nothing to do with it. I was waiting for a drum roll, and you pressed the other button. So, uh, no, this this is the Shiner, uh, Shiner Strawberry Blonde, and it is Ian. Read me what it says. The brewer's this is the uh, Brewer's Pride Craft Brew Number Seven. And interestingly enough, it is uh, made with real poteet strawberries. It actually says "Jam Out," J A M, Jam uh-huh. Out with strawberry. And I think it also says on the label. Doesn't it uh, indicate that they're from Poteet? Texas. Made with real strawberries from Poteet, Texas. So Poteet is the uh, strawberry capital of the world. I know this because when I was in high school and in the band, we marched in the Poteet Strawberry Festival Parade every Fantastic. year. So, and you know, it was always one of those things. It was always worth it to go. You know, it was usually raining, and it was like you know, it was one of those things. You're getting all wet, but you knew when the parade was over, you were going to get to go have the most amazing strawberry shortcake. Like, ever. I, I bet I mean, that's got to be crazy because awesome. the strawberries are just perfect. So, uh, so those are the strawberries used in the strawberry blonde. I'm actually anticipating this. I'm excited. Drum roll, please. <laughs> this is Ian. This is Ian's. Uh, you live for that. That's yes. that's really actually quite wow, good. Wow, a lot of strawberry well, fl- uh, smell. I was going to say you you uh, you took the top off of that and actually had it close to your face when you did, and I could tell immediately you got kind of hit with the strawberry. Yeah, uh, immediately uh, the fragrance. strawberry. 
So this should be interesting. Now, this one is a bomber, and it's interesting because I'm sure that they do them, but I don't think of Shiner in terms of bombers at all. I think of them in terms of Yeah, and for uh, those of you who are not familiar with the term bomber, a bomber is a little over a pint. It's the big Mm -hmm. bottle. It's not a 40. The 750 milliliter 20, 22 ounces, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. 750 milliliters, I think. is. uh, So it makes it the same uh, amount of liquid as your standard Ah. wine bottle. Yes, yeah, so or a scotch bottle. But we refer bottle. to it, yeah, we refer to it in the uh, in the industry, so to speak, as a bomber. As a bomber. So where did that come from? Do you know? No idea, yeah, except for if some you drink guy. the whole thing. Yeah, you some, know. yeah some dude got bombed. <laughs> he got bombed. Right? Well, I will I'm tell just you, having two beers tonight, honey. I will tell you this. I can smell, even well before I get this under my nose, can smell the strawberry. So it's got a distinct... Oh, yeah. Strawberry vibe to it, and Ian, this I think is either going to be really, really good, or really, really weird. One of the two. And I'm looking at your face. I'm thinking you may be thinking weird. What do you think? I'm not a fan. Mm. This one, not a fan. Now it's interesting. I'm going to have to let this settle on the palate for it's, a minute. It's kind of like a a Belgian frambois, but mm-hmm. but not quite as much strawberry flavor to it. Yeah, I mean it's got strawberry flavor, but I, I'm not sure that I like the beer itself. Does has that make sense? It has more of a strawberry smell almost than a strawberry yeah, taste, doesn't it? it? it it's yeah. definitely more in the nose than it is on the palate. Mm. Yeah, it comes across right off the top on the nose. But Well, I generally am not a fan of the the berry kind of beers, the blueberry lambics and those type mm-hmm. of things. I generally you know, am not a good a, lambic once in a while I actually like, yeah? but I have to be in the mood. This is... Hmm. I, you know, it's not doing it for me. Hmm. I will say I kind of like it because of its capacity to be refreshing. It it's fairly a, light overall. Yeah, it has a real sort of a refreshing vibe. Like I could see this really putting down a good thirst in the summer when you're uh, yeah the, uh, when you're you know, when you're thirsty. You it, know, it's a fairly a fairly quick sharp finish. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. Uh, but interesting because you know again. This is something we've never tried, like on the show before, is a strawberry blonde of any kind. Never tried it. Yeah. So, uh, so there you go. I would say those of you who are into lighter beers, and if you like anything that's got fruit influence, beer wise, mm-hmm. um, that doesn't count citrus. It's, by the way, it's not like the citrusy. Right. It's not IPA sweet, thing. so don't right. be afraid that it's going to be overly sweet. That's I, true. It's just to me, it's not to my palate, but I could see, you know, I could see sitting down and drinking a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, hot you know. day on the patio. It's definitely not sweet, and that's one of the things that I've struggled with some of the lambics before is they've been too sweet for me. Uh, I've know? been I've been pretty happy with the uh, the resurgence of the Goza mm-hmm. style, which has a little bit of sour to it, and a yes. lot of times they add fruit to that. That's been making me pretty happy. When we had uh, Mark from Goliad yeah, uh, the, brewing the on, he brought watermelon that watermelon Goza. Goza. That good. was a fantastic right, beer. Right. I think they sell that in four packs too. I was like, "Oh man, I'm going to miss the other two. <laughs> well, this is uh, this is a very interesting beer, and I would say um, those of you who are fans of lighter beers or something, you know, really kind of off the beaten path, it's definitely worth getting one of these bombers and trying it. If you're if you're more to Ian's palate, you know, this is probably not going to be your favorite thing. And no, I, I probably won't go out your and buy this again. I mean, you're, uh, you you like the darker beers. That's I just do. your I do. That's just your thing. You're you're Mr. Porter Stout. So I will tell you, I have a Yeti chocolate oatmeal stout in my um, in my refrigerator. That's so got your name on it, my oh, that friend. Sounds so good. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so good. <laughs> I was going to bring it, but I thought you know what? We're getting closer and closer to autumn. 
And, you know, Strawberry Blonde's going to be something we should deal with, you know, while we still get these last dog, dog days of summer going on. Yep. And that, uh, that Yeti chocolate uh, oatmeal stout will, will be wonderful in late October when we're getting close to Halloween. Yeah, that'll be real good. I've also been enjoying uh, the, uh, the uh, St. Arnold Oktoberfest. You know, that's I've been a drinking really good a lot beer, of that. isn't it? Yeah, it's that's really a really good. good beer. And I was at a place last night where they had it on tap, and that's... So good on tap. It's like it's good out of a bottle. It's really good on tap. By the way, if you want to hear about a pumpkin ale that actually surpasses expectations, go back and listen to last week's show because we uh, we tasted that pumpkin massacre. That was that was really amazing. Good. Yes, yeah. that was a fantastic yeah. beer. Now the St. Arnold Oktoberfest that you mentioned is not a pumpkin-y beer. It's just a very no, awesome it's, it's a traditional, ish. yeah, yeah Oktoberfest, mm-hmm. and it's got a lot of stuff going for it. It's such a good beer. We should, mm. I think we did a review of that, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we did yeah. that. Uh, we did that when it first came out, which was like, uh, I want to say end of, May end of summer, or yeah. June. <laughs> it's like, I was like, oh, here's how, here's how you know summer's in full swing. The Oktoberfest comes out. Yeah, in fact, I am expecting any day to see Christmas ale. Yeah, right. I'm Absolutely. serious. Uh, and by it's the a, way, Christmas ale, I will buy cases of. Okay, so we got to talk about this. Christmas ale from St. Arnold is yes. one of my favorite beers in existence. Well, I will tell you, I really do like it, but I, this is, and this is a mental thing for me, I really can't start drinking it until at least after thanksgiving i have no i could drink it all year like oh. if they had that out i could drink it all year and i think one of their chief ingredients is the happiness of a small child it's <laughs> I, I don't know how they brew it in there it's amazing <laughs> oh and with that i think we'll uh, put the wraps on uh this show episode number 12 of sip smoke and savor because it's not going to get any better than that that was just that was just that was the peak that was it right there. You know, a good comedian always knows when he hits that joke and it's time to say thank you and good night. I've actually just you know? left the room. Yeah, Ian has <laughs> left the room, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, so uh, Gary, Clark, mm-hmm. uh, thank you uh, so much for bringing these whiskeys in, giving us an opportunity to taste these. They are absolutely fabulous. Where can we find these? Pretty much anywhere? Or would you steer us towards? I would uh, say primarily at Specs. Primarily they at Specs? Are the, the across biggest, Texas, and that's, yep. Uh, and, and they're, they're going right. to have the right kind of selection. So that you can find right, these. and they'll they'll actually have a larger selection of Kilhoma. They they do five or six other expressions, and those oh, are extremely nice. limited. We'll get you know five six packs for the whole state. Wow, nice! And specs would be the place to find those for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So that's terrific. And now you are going to be sampling. Will you be sampling these two specifically? We will be at sampling whiskeys of the world. We'll be sampling those and many other things, and uh, I and will, many other things. Okay, I will cool. be I will be in my kilt, whether Ian is in his uh, speedo or not. <laughs> <laughs> Cigars and Speedos. Let me just say, I'd much rather see you in a kilt than Ian in a Speedo. That's just me. I don't know. know. That's just my own personal preference. That's hurtful. hurtful. Yeah. (laughs) So so if people have their kilts, they need to kilt up and come on out. All right. Well, we were looking forward to Whiskeys of the World for sure. Uh, But thank you for bringing in the Kill Home. And these are both absolutely terrific. And I think Ian is uh, already clearing some space on his uh, Yeah, I'm going to make space on my show. You might not leave with this bottle. No, I won't. Fantastic. Well, we want to thank you guys for listening. It's Sip, Smoke, and Savor. Tell a friend about the show, by the way. Find us uh, online, facebook.com slash sip, smoke, and savor, all one word. Uh, we will have show notes. We'll have uh, photos of uh, the cigars and, and photos of the things that we tasted today. Uh, so if you're looking for these somewhere, it's much easier to look for them if you know what they look like. And so that's one of the reasons Also, that we post find that. us on Facebook. Feel free to message us. Oh, yeah. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. We'd love for you to do that. Coming up next week. 
we've been delayed. We want to talk about this. We haven't gotten to it. Does sound affect the taste of beer? And if it does, what the hell is Wu-Tang infused beer? <laughs> we'll get to all of that on next week's show. Have a great week, my friends. Cheers. This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Radio Brave.